Nishita, and today we'll be starting with another chapter that is Bruce, Bob, Trotter, and the Cake. So, if you haven't checked out other chapters of Matilda and my first book, Fantastic Mr. Fox, you should check it out. So, let's get started. Bruce, Bob, Trotter, and the Cake. How can she get away with it? Lavender said to Matilda. Surely the children go home and tell their mothers and fathers. I know my father would raise a terrific stink if I told him the headmaster had grabbed me by the hair and slung me over the playground fence. No, he wouldn't, Matilda said, and I'll tell you why. He simply wouldn't believe you. Of course he would. He wouldn't. And the reason is obvious. Your story would sound too ridiculous to be believed. And that is the Trunchbull's great secret. What is? Lavender asked. Matilda said, never do anything by halves if you want to get away with it. Be outrageous. Go to the whole hog. Make sure everything you do is so completely crazy, it's unbelievable. No parent's going to believe this pigtail story, not in a million years. Mine wouldn't. They'll call me a liar. In that case, Matil Lavender said, Amanda's mother isn't going to cut her pigtails off. No, she isn't, Matilda said. Amanda will do it herself. You see if she doesn't. Do you think she's mad? Lavender asked. Who? The Trunchbull. No, I don't think she's mad, Matilda said, but she's very dangerous. Being in the school is like being a cage with a cobra. You have to be very fast on your feet. They got another example of how dangerous the headmasters could be on the very next day. During the lunch, an announcement was made that the whole school should go into the assembly hall and be seated as soon as the meal was over. When all the 250 or so boys and girls were settled down in the assembly, the trunch bull marched onto the platform. None of the other teachers came in with her. She was carrying a riding crop in her right hand. She stood up there on the center stage in a green breeches with legs apart and riding crop in the hand, glaring at the sea of upturned faces before her. What's going to happen? Matilda whispered. I don't know, Lavender whispered back. The whole school waited for what was coming next. Bruce Bock Trotter, the trunch bull barked suddenly. Where is Bruce Bock Trotter? A hand shot up among the seated students. Come up here, the trunchbull shouted, and looked smart about it. An 11-year-old boy who was decidedly large and round stood up and waddled briskly forward. He climbed up on the platform. Stand over here, the trunchbull ordered, pointing. The boy stood one to side. He looked nervous. He knew very well he wasn't up there to be presented with a prize. He was watching the headmistress with an exceedingly wary eye and he kept edging further and further away from her with the little shuffles of his feet, rather as a right might edge away from the terrier that is watching it across the room. His plump, flabby face had turned grey with fearful apprehension. His stockings hung about his ankles. This clot, boomed the headmaster, pointing riding crop him like a raper. This blackhead, this fool, crab uncle, this poisonous pustule that you see before you is none other than a disgusting criminal, a denizen of the underworld, a member of the mafia. Who? Me? Why, Bruce Brock Tatter said, looking genially puzzled. A thief! The trunch bull screamed. A crook! A pirate! 
pirate or brigand or rustler. Steady on, the boy said. I mean, dash it all, headmistress. Do you deny it, you miserable little gumboy? Do you plead not guilty? I don't know what you're talking about. The boy said, more puzzled than ever. I'll tell you what I'm talking about, you spiriting little blister. The trunchbull shouted. Yesterday morning during bake, you sneaked like a serpent into the kitchen and stole a slice of my private chocolate cake from my tea tray. That tray had just been prepared for me personally by the cook. It was my morning snack. And as for the cake, it was my own private stock. That was not boy's cake. You don't think for a minute I'm going to eat the flip I give you? The cake I made from real butter and real cream? And he, that robber bandit, the safe cracker, the highwayman standing over there with his socks surrounded, his ankle stole it and ate it? I never did, the boy exclaimed, turning from gray to white. Don't lie to me, bock trotter, barked the trunchbull. The cook saw you. What's more, you would see eating it? The trunchbull paused to wipe a flick of froth from her lips. When she spoke again, her voice was suddenly softer, quieter, more friendlier, and she leaned towards the boy smiling. You look like my special chocolate cake, don't you, Brock Trotter? It's rich, delicious, isn't it, Brock Trotter? Very good, the boy mumbled. The words were out before he could stop himself. You're right, the transport said. It is very good. Before I think you should congratulate the cook. When a gentleman had particularly good mean, Brock Trotter, he always sends his compliment to the chef. You didn't know that, did you, Brock Trotter? But those inhabit the criminal underworld are not noted for their good manners. The boy remained silent. Cook! The trunchbull shouted, turning her head towards the door. Come here, cook! Brock Trotter wishes to tell you how good your chocolate cake is. The cook is a tall, shriveled female who looked as if though all her body juices had been dried out of her long time in organ. Worked onto the platform wearing a dirty white apron. Her entrance had clearly been arranged beforehand by the headmistress. Now then, Bob Trotter, the trunchbull boomed. Tell Cook what you think of a chocolate cake. Very good, the boy mumbled. He could see she he was beginning to wonder what all was leading up to. The only thing he knew for certain that the law forbade the trunchbull to hit him with the riding crop that she was smacking against her thigh was that was some comfort but not much because the trunchbull was totally unpredictable one never knew what she was going to do next there you are cook the trunchbull cried bob trotter likes your cake he adores your cake do you have any more of your cake you could go him i do indeed the cook said he seems to have learned her lines by heart then go and get it and bring a knife to cut it with. The cook disappeared. Almost at once, she was back again, staggering right under the weight of an enormous round chocolate cake on a china platter. The cake was fully 18 inches in diameter and it was covered with dark brown chocolate icing. Put it on the table, the trunchbull said. There was a small table center stage with a chair behind it. The cook placed the cake carefully on the table. Sit down, Bob Trotter. The trunchbull sat. Sit here. The boy moved cautiously on the table and sat down. He stared at the gigantic cake. There you are, Bob Trotter, the trunchbull said. And once again, her voice becomes soft, persuasive, 
and gentle. It's all for you, every bit of it. As he enjoyed that slice you had yesterday very so much, I ordered Cook to bake you an extra large cake, one all by yourself. Well, thank you, the boys are totally bemused. Thank Cook, not me, the Trunchbull said. Thank you, Cook, the boy said. The cook stood there like a shriveled boatlace, tight-lipped, incapable, disapproving. She looked as though her mouth was full of lemon juice. Come on then, the Trunchbull said. Why don't you cut yourself a nice thick slice and try it? What now? The boy said, cautious. He knew there was a catch in somewhere, but he wasn't sure where. Can't I take this home instead? He asked. That would be impolite, the Trunchbull said, with a crafty grin. You must show Cookie her how great you are for all the trouble she's taking. The boy didn't move. Go on, get on with it, the Trunchbull said. Cut a nice slice cut a nice slice and taste it we haven't got all day the boy picked up the knife and was about to cut the cake when he stopped he stared at the cake then he looked up at trunchbull and the tall stringy cook with a lemon juice mouth all the children in the hall were watching tensely waiting for something to happen they felt certain it must the trunchbull was not a person who would give anyone a whole chocolate cake to eat just out of kindness Many were guessing it had been filled with pepper or castor oil or some other foul-tasting substance that would make the boy violently sick. It might be even an arsenic and he would be dead in 10 seconds flat. Or perhaps it would be a booby-trapped cake and a whole thing would blow up in the moment he was cut taking Bruce Brock Totter with it. No one in the school put it the past trunchbull to do any of these things. I don't want to eat it, the boy said. Taste it, you little brat, the Trunchbull said. You are insulting the cook. Very gingerly, the boy began to cut a thin slice of the vast cake. Then he levered the slice out. And then he put down the knife and took the sticky thing in his finger and started to eat it. Is it it's very good, isn't it? The Trunchbull asked. Very good, the boy said, chewing and swallowing. He finished the slice. Have another, the Trunchbull said. That's enough, thank you, the boy murmured. I said, have another, the Trunchbull said, and now there was altogether sharper edge to her voice. Eat another slice, do as you're told. I don't want another slice, the boy said. Suddenly the Trunchbull exploded. Eat, she started banging her thigh and the riding cock. If I tell you to eat, you will eat. You want cake, you stole cake, and you have got cake. What's more, you're going to eat it. You not leave the postman and anybody leave this hall until you have eaten the entire cake that's sitting there in front of you. Do I make myself clear, Buck Trotter? Do you get my meaning? The boy looked at Trunchbull, then he looked down at the enormous cake. Eat, 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 the Trunchbull was yelling. Very slowly, the boy cut himself with another slice and began to eat. Matilda was fascinated. Do you think he can do it? She whispered to Lavender. No, Lavender whispered back. It's impossible. He'll be sick before he was halfway through. The boy kept going. When he had finished the second slice, he looked at the trunkful, hesitating. Eat, he shouted. Greedy little thieves who are like to eat cake must have cake. Eat faster, boy. Eat faster. We don't want to be here all day. And don't stop like you're doing now. Next time you stop, it'll be all finished. And you'll go straight into the chokey and I shall lock the door and throw the key down the well. The boy cut the third slice and started to eat it. 
he finished the one quicker than the other two when one was done immediately picked up the knife and cut the second slice in some peculiar way he seemed to be getting into a stride Matilda, watching closely, saw no signs of distress in the boy yet. If anything, he seemed to be gathering confidence. He went along. He's doing well, she whispered to Lavender. He'll be sick soon, Lavender whispered back. It's going to be horrid. And Bruce Proctor had eaten his way through half of the entire enormous cake. He stopped for just a couple of seconds and took several deep breaths. The time barger stood her hands on him, glaring at him. Get on with it. Eat it up she shouted. Suddenly, the boy let out a gigantic bletch which rolled over the assembly hall like thunder. Many of the audience began to giggle. Silence! shouted the Thrunchbull. The boy cut himself another thick slice and started eating it fast. There was no signs of flagging or giving up. He certainly did not look as though he was about to stop or cry out. I can't, I can't eat more. I'm going to be sick. He was still there in there running. Now, a stubble change was coming over the 250 watching children in the audience. Earlier on, they had sensed impending disaster. They had prepared themselves for an unpleasant scene in the, which the wretched boy stuck to the girls with chocolate cake had to surrender and beg for mercy, and then they would have watched the triumphant trench bowl forcing more and still more cake in the mouth of the gasping boy. Not a bit of it. Bruce Brock Tartar was three quarters of the half through and was still going strong. One sensed that he was almost beginning to enjoy himself. He had a mountain to climb and he was jolly well going to reach the top or die in the attempt. What is more, he had now become very conscious of his audience and now how they were all silently rooting for him. This was nothing less than a battle between him and the mighty Trunchbull. Suddenly, someone shouted, Come on, Brucey, you can make it! The trunch were wheeled around and yelled, Silence! The audience watched intently. They were thoroughly caught up in the contest. They were longing to start cheering, but they didn't dare. I think he's going to make it, Matilda whispered. I think so, too. I wouldn't have believed anyone in the world could eat the whole cake of that size. The trunch bull doesn't believe it either, Matilda whispered. Look at her. She's turning redder and redder. She's going to kill them if she he wins. The boy was slowing down. There was no doubt about that. But he kept pushing the stuff into his mouth with a dogged preservance of a long-distance runner who had sighted the finishing line and know he must keep going. As the very lasted mouthful, it disappeared, a tremendous cheer rose up from the audience and the children were leaping into the chairs and yelling and clapping and shouting. Well done, Brucey. Good for you, Brucey. You have won a gold medal, Brucey. I hope you're enjoying the book. So if you are, it's almost been 15 minutes and still the chapter is left. So I hope you're enjoying and check the other chapters of this as well. And don't forget to uh, for, click on the follow button as well. So now let's continue with the book that we were reading, right? So sorry. Yes. You have won a gold medal, Brucey. The Trunchbull stood motionless on the platform. Her great horsey face had turned the color of a molten lava and her eyes were glittering in fury. 
She glared at Bruce Bogtarter, who was sitting on his chair like some huge, overstuffed grub, replit, coma stuff, unable to move or speak. A fine sweat was beading his forehead, but there was a grin of triumph on his face. Suddenly, the trench bull lunged forward and grabbed the large, empty china platter on which the cake has rested. She raised it high in the air and brought it down with a crash right on top of the wretched bruised rock tartar face and pieces flew all over the platform. The boy was now so full of cake he was like a sack of wet cement and he wouldn't have hurt him with a sledgehammer. He simply shook his head a few times and went on grinning. Go to blazes, screamed the trunch bull, and she marched off the platform followed closely by the cook. So guys, this was all about the chapter. Um, I hope you loved it. So I'll meet you in the next chapter. Till then, take care and bye-bye.